streaming live soon. Please stand by. We'll be streaming live soon. Good morning. We're covering and dealing with just a little bit of understanding the word prophecy. Because the, the connotations of that to some people in, in North America, it, it's, it's related to Pentecostals. You, you don't hear uh, in a traditional church the word prophecy. But I want you to know that where people are being saved in the millions, it's a very common word. Understood in the concept that it is a vocal expression of the will of God in someone's life for the benefit of somebody else. And so I want to share this a little bit with you today. And this is the last teaching I have in this, on this subject. Uh, today uh, it, it adds to about eight 30 minutes sections on prophecy. Uh, how, how many hours is that? Eight. Four hours. Teaching on this, uh, on, this, uh, on this topic. I hope that this will bless you. And I'm going to repeat the teachings on prophecy beginning on Monday to Thursday and continuing the following week. So you're able to hear again and be able to uh, be blessed by it. I want you to open your Bible in John 6, 63. John 6, 63. It says, It is the Spirit who quickens. It is the Spirit who quickens. And the word here, quickens, means it brings life into a word. Normal speech is the mind connected to your intellect and your rationale, and you speak forth uh, eloquent words of uh, wisdom and knowledge, human knowledge. But when the Holy Spirit quickens the Word from a man of God, a woman of God, then it brings life to it. And so the Holy Spirit takes it and, and impregnates that Word with the presence of the Holy Spirit. So, and then it says, the flesh profits nothing. The flesh profits nothing. So the, the Word, the Spirit, has a screen over it when it's quickened. What do you mean by a screen? Well, the only way I can explain to you is to use the word imagination. You know, you can imagine something in your mind uh, as you travel in the air, in the space, as you go to the moon, as you, uh, uh, you, you can lead your mind to create a scenario. Now, the Holy Spirit 
when the word comes from God, it actually creates around the word a screen that separates the spirit from the flesh. So what the spirit does is that it tags it, tags the word to where flesh can't do nothing. It says flesh profits nothing. And the thing here is how to profit constantly and not be so broke. You know, I can sit here and talk about Jesus and say literally nothing. I can tell you a long story about something. But then, you see, it's your flesh trying to paint a picture. The Holy Spirit don't, don't uh, get involved in, in words that do not convict. If it is, the screen is around it. The flesh profits literally nothing. So, the Lord speaks through the human spirit. So you hear your voice talking to yourself. But it actually, it speaks with authority. Let me give you an example of, of, of that. How the prophetic opens doors. We're having a trip to Brazil. And there's a group with us uh, that's just going with us. We have many trips. And for some reason, uh, the offering on that group uh, grew to about uh, $14,000. And so I'm just, uh, you know, well, I could pay a bill here and I, I could help somebody else and I could help the feeding. And so, you know, I began to hear the flesh. <laughs> Let's just use this money to take care of that need, that need, that need, okay? And yesterday, as I sat back here, I heard a word that came out of my spirit. And the word was, look at the churches that are in red. Because when Margarita contacted us from Cuba, she gave us five churches. But the, church, the name of the church was in red on the paper. And she said, well, she didn't say it. John said to me, uh, this these churches are the worst in need. The Lord says, me, told me, find what the need is, contact Margarita, get going and distribute evenly, and bless them. Well, there it goes. Now, see, $14,000, I could do a lot in Brazil, the feeding program. My goodness, I could, but I can't. The Lord is just very, very uh, jealous about Cuba. He wants Cuba to be to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ by food. In other words, we are authorized by the American government to travel to Cuba as a religious organization and preach the gospel. We are preaching the gospel in Cuba. Make no bones about it. We're doing that. And so the little money that we have to give the little churches to, uh, to buy food... Uh, 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 doesn't change anything, but the gospel changed them. So, so the Lord spoke to my human spirit. I heard in my human language, in my human voice, in my personality. 
That is this verse, uh, uh, John six sixty three. It is the Spirit who quickens, who makes a life, who brings a life and gets it going. Amen? Okay, good. So now I want to just, uh, in this last session that we have to teach, uh, we have 20 minutes right here before us. And uh, I want to close with this topic. How to recognize the prophetic in you. Because you see, you've got to have something there that uh, validates you to be the voice of God and, and speak for the Lord and, and prophesy here and say things uh, in this powerful way. So how are we going to recognize if you have it or not? And so I have several suggestions to you today, and they're not all uh, uh, all the answer for everything about this subject. Uh, just uh, I'm just putting something together from personal experience. The first one, you have to recognize that there is a gift in you. How do you know that? Well, you know, uh, as you minister, pray for others. Now and then the Lord impulses you to go to this person and begin to pray for them. You see a need in front of you. You run to it and say, listen, I want to talk to you. You are, you are home and you, you, you hear a telephone person they need to call. And you call that person. I mean, it happens to me a lot. I, I, uh, I uh, yesterday called somebody else. And they're waiting to hear from me. I, I thought they were going to call me, Rick. I made about ten calls yesterday during the day. About ten calls and traveling or eating or sitting in a car uh, 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 doing this or that. And I hear, let's call that person. Let's do this. Let's get going. Now, my spirit is able to hear my thoughts. But the thought is quickened by the Holy Spirit. To where what I'm saying is very important. I don't remember, John, but I, I told you this morning something that we needed to do. Okay. Now, let's just use that. Uh, we're taking some chairs to Brazil. Uh, you know, uh, chairs in Brazil are very expensive, $100 a chair, a good chair. So I like Walmart chairs. And, uh, and uh, I know how to pack those packets of two, three chairs because I've done it before. Okay. And, and I thought that yesterday I was through with packing. So this morning as I sat there, a thought came to me, you, for, you forgot the rope. <coughs> you forgot the rope. That was a prophetic saying that the last part of the packing is put rope on the chairs that are now inside of a bag and cellophane paper and cover it and make a handle because the, the Delta carrier, if there's no handle, they will throw it. Okay? And putting the rope is something that I've done for 45 years. So the piece that I'm taking, I'm, I'm considering... The man who is packing the, the, the luggage inside of the plane to have a handle so she don't have to throw it, a handle. Well, see, 
That came to my mind here. Now, you say, oh, Rick, uh, your mind remember. Well, uh, let me say this. Uh, uh, I don't sleep too well these days, maybe four hours a night. Uh, I know I'm tired. I'm going to have to rest tomorrow in order to head to Brazil on Friday. So how, how do I consider this intervention? I consider it very important. I totally, completely forgot. So the Lord quickened my mind to remember so I can get the job done for His chairs. It's not my chairs. It belongs to God. And God wants those chairs uh, in Brazil. Now, if that's the case, it simply means that it will go on Delta Airlines to Brazil no matter what. Consider it done. Because if He tells you about the rope, it simply means it's already in the plane. You understand? You have to recognize that you have a gift in you that does this type of thing. Okay? Uh, another example. Every time I go park my car at the airport, second level, third level, front line, I know exactly where to get that car. I, I pray. And I say, Lord, would you find me where my space is? In the name of Jesus, I call that space. I'm speaking that place. Come on, God. I'm talking about that place. In 50 years, I have never missed a parking space. <coughs> I don't know how to tell you. I just have that in me. It's embedded in me. How did I came to that experience of hearing that way? I practiced it. I remember when uh, uh, in Brazil or, or here in the States, uh, uh, not in the States, but pretty much in Brazil as we travel there for 40 years, we've been going all over the country. And so when we get to the city, usually you have to call the pastor, and the pastor have to tell you where to go, and he will explain. And we had all kinds of experiences uh, on, on laughing, me and Sally, we're inside of a minibus, and we, and we we don't know where we're going, and we just and so I've uh, decided to ask the Lord to guide me. And I said, uh, John, I'm Sally, go a mile here and turn left. And suddenly that was the church. So the prophetic is something you exercise, something that you live on it. Something that you pray in it, something that you do. I mean, I tell you, I, let me tell you how powerful it is. I know I can find a steakhouse every time I have to. Why? Because I love to eat meat. And I'll find that, that store I don't, no matter what. Amen? I, don't, I think there was uh, me and John going somewhere this week. And I said, John, turn right. We had a flat. Not a flat, I mean the uh, the treads came out of our tire, so we have a bald tire. And we're driving slowly on 316, and suddenly I said, John, turn right. And we kept on going, and on the left, John looked at his, his telephone, and there was a tire guy. Three people were standing in front of the shop waiting for us. Now, that's just, it's a lot of coincidence, meaning the turn left was God relating to me and telling me to turn left. So, 
Are you, do you have that type of uh, inclination? Amen. Number two. The prophetic or your vocal faith in action have different purposes. When the purpose is not known in your life, abuse and error is inevitable. Did I say right? Abuse and error is inevitable. What do you mean having a purpose? It simply means that your life is involved in the things of God. You have to know the purpose by which God is doing something. So why did God spoke to me this morning, the Holy Spirit, and said, get the rope? Because I need those chairs in Brazil. Why? Because there's 30 chairs there, and 10 of them are broke. I'm, I'm bringing 16 chairs. Why do I do that? So people can sit. Why do I do that? Because uh, the group's going to be there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, 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 and then they have to sit down. I don't have the chairs. There's a purpose. Oh, but that's not important. Oh, I can tell you. That in relation to people, and if I had a, a five hours, I'll talk five hours continuously about how I influenced by the Holy Spirit and ministered to people. So, now, number one, you have to recognize the gift in you. Number two, you have to have a purpose. And you have to know the purpose of what, why God wants to use you to do what He wants to do. Now, there are three types of people who God uses in this area. And as I, as I continue, I want you to analyze and see which one is yours. Number one is someone called to serve. Amos 7.14. Someone called. Then answered Amos and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son, but I was a herdman and gathered of sycamore fruit. Meaning that... Uh, that uh, uh, Amos, Amos wasn't called, not born to be a prophet. But he, he made, he was elected a prophet uh, by grace. A need occurred. He was not called of God to be a prophet. He simply was a herdsman. And he told Amaziah, I, 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 I wasn't called, born to be this. I, it just happened to me. I was a herdsman, and suddenly God called me to write this and become a prophet. So there are many of us who are called to be a prophet. You're not born to be a prophet. You're just called because of the need of the time, the circumstances of the time that you live in. There's a lot of people in that area. God is today calling more people 
to establish a prophetic voice of authority and ministry than never before. They're not born. Now, what do you mean? There are people that are born? Yes. Yes. Uh, go to Jeremiah 1.5 and read that. Jeremiah 1.5 simply says that he was, before his birth, God had already called him. John the Baptist was in the womb of Elizabeth. And <clears throat> when Mary came to visit Elizabeth, she touched Elizabeth. And the baby leaped on her womb. What is the name of the boy? Inside of the womb of, of, of John the Baptist. Go ahead. Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. And I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. Yeah. Now this is, there are prophets that are born by God into it. And you have to really understand that. When you're born, God blesses you, put his anointing on you, and there's no way you can get out of it. Your life is done forever. All you have to do is to follow the pattern that God established for your life, and, uh, and, and there's no, no question. You, you're a prophet of God. But Amos wasn't a prophet. Amos was called due to the circumstances. Elected by, by by the grace of God, and and he told Amaziah, "Listen, I I I I don't know why I got into this. I was just a herdsman, and the Lord just called me. See the difference? Okay. Now, the third one, you are made prophets. There's a difference. This idea of being made." is that someone imparted upon you. Elijah imparted on Elisha. Joshua was imparted into taking over. Who, who was the man who was orde- who ruling uh, for, before Joshua? Yes. Aaron, the brother of Moses, was imparted grace. Matter of fact, if it wasn't for Aaron, Moses wouldn't know what to do. Not by foreordaining, foreordination, not called or born, but imparted. So in, throughout my life, I've met a lot of people that I've imparted upon them. I, you know, I don't didn't quite do a, a something. A, and, you know, I didn't do nothing. I simply began to disciple them. And the funny thing is, is that I began to notice that they established within them a ministry that today is fourth standing time, anointing people, blessing people. Amazing how God is using these persons. So every time that I meet someone, I need to know if I'm talking to someone that was born to be a prophet or called to be a prophet or he needs impartation or she needs impartation. Amen. What do you mean by that again? I, I mean that it is by association. Imparted because of a need. So Amos said to Amaziah, I was not a prophet, neither was a prophet, but a herdsman. And so I want you to see the, the difference in the three. So let's take a look one more time. 
Who was the one that's born to be a prophet? Jeremiah. Isaiah. Who was the one that was you can be called to be a prophet? Amos. Or Elisha. No, no, no. Amos. Amos. Amos is the is the example of this, right? Amos is the example of, of those that are called. And there, there are several others, but I don't have the time to, to cover here. But I, uh, I have, there's others. There are others. And then the imparted ones. Give me an example. Elisha, Aaron. Okay. It's by association. Did you get that? Does that make sense to you? Uh, if you are being ministered to someone, and you hear a prophetic word coming out of them speaking to you. And, and they, are, they are actually ministering to you. They're not self-proclaimed. They're one of the three. Or born or called or imparted. Amen. Well, I tell you, I have a, I have a, what do I say to you now to close this series? If you've been called by God to serve Him, if you've been called by the Lord to be a blessing to the kingdom of God, you don't have to be a priest. You don't have to be a pastor. All you need is to have a heart for the things of God. Associate yourself with someone who operates in this higher dimension. Elisha served Elijah. By the way, it's not a physical association. It's a spiritual association. And so, you want to be close to someone who moves in this area. Do you know that, uh, 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 that I wrote a book on prayer, How to Pray with Accuracy? I, sp- I can spend an hour or two te- telling you how the prophetic brought that up. And so I'm right now imparting upon you the blessing of the prophetic. I'm right now prophesying upon you. Every time this week that I thought for eight times, four hours uh, consecutively, uh, for 30, 30 minute periods, I didn't lay hands, but I made a spiritual connection with you that God will call you into active ministry, prophetic ministry, anointed ministry, so you can bless the people of God. How have I survive 50 years with no pension, no retirement, uh, 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 no, no uh, so specifically by the church, how did I survive? Because I prophesied. I spoke life into a lot of people. And God then uh, uh, quickened my voice and my spirit, and the ministry continues for 55 years. The Lord bless you.